You are listening to the Horse Radio Network, part of the Equine Network family. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. You are listening to the number one horse podcast in the world. Here's your entertaining look at the horse world and the people in it. Good Monday morning, everybody. I am Glenn Geek in Ocala, Florida. And I am Lisa Wysocki in Nashville, Tennessee. And you're listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for October 31st, episode 3045. This episode is brought to you by the World Equestrian Center. Good morning, Horse World. <laughs> Well, happy Halloween, everybody. Yes, it is Halloween Day, my least favorite holiday of the year. But I know all of you enjoy it, so have fun tonight with the kiddos out there. We will be turning the lights off and hiding in the back room, because <laughs> I don't do trick-or-treaters. However, if you missed Friday's show, we got a lot of good comments on Friday's show. We replayed one of the Halloween stories shows that we did with Horse Nation, and uh, we got a lot of great comments. People really enjoyed the story. So if you want a little Halloween from this show, you have to go back to last Friday and listen to that episode. But we have a special guest in the studio today. I think you might be my second in-studio guest since we moved here. And we have Heather Schneider with us today. Hi, Heather. Hey, good morning. Heather has been on the show before, uh, but she didn't live here. You've just moved, recently moved to Ocala. Yes, I am a six, I think I'm coming up on 60 days now. And you live about Turns out about 15 minutes from here. Yes, very <laughs> so close. She's very close. I have to get over and see the draft horses. We're going to talk to Heather a lot more as the show goes on about uh, her her carriage business. And also, she just competed in her first show in seven years. Yeah. Oh, my gosh, yes. It's, it's been a while. It's been a while. <laughs> so she competed her Young Frisians at the World Equestrian Center. We're going to talk about that. We have our holiday recipe of the week is cov- Convent Pudding. And I don't think this is a dessert from what I saw. It's way too many mushrooms to be a dessert. And that's brought to you by one of our auditors, Amy, is stopping by. And that's out of a 1938 cookbook. So something a little different for you today. And we uh, do the auditors have a, some first world problems there, Lisa? They sure do. Okay. And some of them are quite interesting today. Okay, good. <laughs> we'll get to that in a second, too. So thank you all for joining us. We appreciate it. We have a lot to do on today's show, and we're going to get started. Uh, but, oh, I wanted to mention, too, in the Auditor Post Show, we're going to talk about a post that was done in the Auditor Room about things that we're bad at with horses or in the barn. And there was a lot of comments on it. So yeah, I sure. thought we could talk about that. And uh, I know that all of us have things we're bad at, too. So we'll go over those. But we have to do some Daily Winnies. Well, happy birthday to some auditors today, Deidre Ryan, Mackenzie Jebley, and Michaela Webb. A happy birthday to all of you. And I'm very excited, too, that last week we had three new auditors sign up, Jessica Gross, Stephanie Peerboom, and Jen Lopez. Thank you all for signing up. And if you haven't yet, you want to join the auditor room, right? 
right? There, Heather, they right. want to join the Absolutely. auditor room. Yeah, that's where all the action happens. And there, I think there was probably 100 posts over the weekend. I couldn't keep up with them all. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't either. <laughs> so thank you for becoming auditors. If you, too, want to become an auditor, you just go to horseradionetwork.com and click on the auditor banner on the right side of the page. And you can donate whatever you want to help support the network, uh, anywhere from $3 on up. And Heather will tell you she's been in there a long time that it's worth it. Oh, to- yeah. There's so much information in there, and it's a lot of fun. And it's a family. It is. It really is a family. Yeah. Yeah. There was yeah. a post in there. Jennifer and I talked about that. I'm not going to say which one. There was a post in there that could have went south on any public page that was posted in there, I think, on Friday. And I kept an eye on the comments to see if it would go south. If it was on any public Facebook page, it would have went south. Mm-hmm. And But it, yeah. you all know which one I'm talking about. Yes. yes. And yep. it did not. I mean, because that's kind because of, it is a family and people really treat each other with respect in there. So, well, and I think everybody's so supportive of everybody else, and people feel like it's their safe place where they can vent and and talk about problems, whether they're horsey or not, and be, you know, as you said, Glenn, supported. And it's just a wonderful, wonderful. Well, and they families. know Jamie will kick their asses out because she's mean. So <laughs> well, this is true. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> All right, yes. is your turn, Lisa? Okay. So, Heather and Glenn, my daily whinny goes to the traffic gods. So, a little <laughs> bit of a story. <laughs> so, as, as a lot of the, the listeners know, I, I have crappy internet, and so I have to drive someplace to get to a place where I can do the show. And so, uh, I was driving through Ashland City, Tennessee, small town, and but busy at 8 o'clock in the morning. And so, I don't drink hot coffee, but I was thinking, man, an iced coffee would sound really good right now. And so I drive by McDonald's at eight o'clock in the morning, and guess what? There is nobody there. Not what? one. Per- nobody was there. You can't and say so that I'm, about the one down here anytime. No, I know, I know. And I'm like, okay, is it closed? Did they have a fire? Did the place blow up? I mean, what is going on? So I thought, well, I'll just take a chance and I'll drive through the parking lot and I'll drive around to the you know the little order place. And you know, the lady comes on and says, "Can I take your?" your order and I'm like wow nobody's here it's just anyway it was it was very exciting made my day <laughs> <laughs> was the iced coffee good I'm still drinking it it's fabulous <laughs> Jennifer really likes McDonald's coffee I, I don't know Does why she? yeah we have I, a Dunkin Donuts right down here too oh no we have one in Pleasant View and they're really good yeah, yeah. we have a Dunkin ice, Donuts yeah. right down here and you their line's 20 deep all the time yes <laughs> yes wow. it's a, have you tried the Cuban place for Cuban coffee no <gasps> Oh, mm. it's right at the exit too, and it's it's on the side of a gas station, so you don't think you you're like oh I'm not going in there oh my gosh they have the best Cuban sandwiches, but they also have the best Cuban coffee. Ever. I love Cuban mm. sandwiches too. Yeah, yeah, it's really good. Once you find that place, you'd be but order you can order online because the line out the door at lunchtime is oh crazy. really wow yeah, it's really it's, good. is it the one it's the, the gas station right off the exit yes okay this is really inside inside here sorry everybody yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but now i know there you go <laughs> i do love cubans all right it, it heather actually said she has a daily winning too. Well, coming out of retirement, I had a lot of people helping me this weekend. And so um, I just wanted to shout out to Casey over at Grand Oaks for 
finding me harness to use and for my staff, um, Oscar and Evie for getting me into the show ring, even when we almost missed one of our classes this weekend. So um, there's lots of polishing and things that have to happen to get to a driving show. And I had a lot of support from behind. So I appreciate all those guys that were back there. And your carriage, you took out of retirement, right? Yeah, that carriage I picked up um, last fall and it too was, um, it was, it had been stored for quite some time. Out of use. Well, oh, yeah. and you have a few carriages. We have a few, yes. Um, between the competition carriages and the commercial carriages. We've got quite a few. I think that we I've got about 14 or 15. Yeah, I know. Oh, my I went, goodness. I went into her barn the one day to see her carriages, and they were just, like, packed in there. Wow. <laughs> the best thing about carriages, they don't eat. Well, that's true. <laughs> well, this is true. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> that is true. So, Lisa, how, what, what are you up to over there in Tennessee? You know, we um, we have rain, which is really exciting, really exciting. So we're in a drought like everybody else or most people. You probably aren't, but everybody else is in a drought. And so we got, I guess, about a quarter of an inch of rain yesterday and this morning. So I'm very excited about that. And I wanted to mention, too, that um, not last weekend, but the weekend before, I was the keynote speaker at the CHA conference, the Certified Horsemanship Association conference. And I ran into a whole bunch of HRN listeners at the conference. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 And so this is this is kind of funny. I was going to save it for when, um, when I'm on with Jamie sometime. But we, Jamie and I had a conversation a while back about why we dumped boyfriends. Okay. And <laughs> one, one of the reasons I did is I dated this guy in college who turned his spoon upside down to eat ice cream. And I couldn't live with that. I, I thought, I can't deal with that. So I, I dumped him. And um, so this is why I'm not married, because I'm way too picky. But, <laughs> <laughs> but so I'm at the, I'm at the conference, and, and we ate first, and then I was going to speak. And sitting right there, right smack in front of me, is this really humongous, luscious piece of chocolate cake. And so I'm thinking, okay, I really want to bite of this chocolate cake, even though I'm gluten-free, but I really, really wanted it. So I, I got a picked up my fork and I thought, well, if I, if I eat it normally, I'm going to get chocolate frosting all over my teeth and then I got to go speak. So I turned the fork upside down <laughs> <laughs> and, and just ate it. And don't you know if two people didn't call me on it after the event? <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> you know, I see them. You see the Europeans eating with their forks upside down all the time. And I'm just, I know. I just like, isn't the point that the stuff's supposed to be on top so it doesn't fall off? I just don't yeah, get it. I, I just... don't get it either. I don't get it. I was just trying to keep my teeth from getting yucky. <laughs> so people do listen to this show. Amazing. I, they do. So, they do. Yes. It's just amazing. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know that you could eat uh, the recipe coming up in just a few minutes with your fork upside down. I'm not sure this one would it work. It doesn't look like no. 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 I think you're yeah. going to have to eat this one with a spoon right side up. <laughs> but first, we have to talk about our good friends over at the World Equestrian Center. There are sponsors for Monday. And we were over there. Heather was over there, obviously. You were showing there. But we went over to watch some of the driving and also to get ice cream because we really like their ice cream. And I have to tell you, this brought back memories. They have exotic flavors of ice cream there. They don't have just – they. I could. I didn't even see chocolate and vanilla. No. 
they just have these really exotic flavors. And they had um, coffee chocolate chip, which mm. I haven't... My dad's favorite ice cream was coffee. He's been dead like 17 years, but it brought back memories because I haven't had coffee ice cream since he was alive. And he used to eat coffee ice cream. It's the only ice cream he ate, and it was really good. I forgot how good coffee ice cream was. Wow. You never see it anyplace. And then throw chocolate chips in it, just made it better. So... <laughs> I felt like I was tw- like 10 years old walking into the ice cream shop there. <laughs> it just like makes you feel like a little kid when you walk in there. Oh, and they have all kinds of candy and yes. Rice Krispie treats. And <laughs> it is cool. So tell us, I, did World Question Center live up to the things I've been saying every Monday on this show? Oh, absolutely. It is just, it's, I can't even tell as a competitor, as a spectator, as everything. It's just an amazing, amazing facility. So... Nothing like hanging on the air conditioning to go to before you have to go in the ring. That's pretty cool with your horse. It's funny. I was walking around and you walk by. They have multiple indoor arenas, large indoor arenas. And you walk by and the air conditioning just hits you. And it's like, you're not used to that. You know, you're not used to indoor arenas with air conditioning. Yeah. Can my Frisians were so appreciative of that. Too. I bet. <laughs> air conditioning over the weekend. It was hot here. So you I just got... wonder what their electric bill is. Oh, it's got to be unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> And then all the lights and everything. You showed there's a stadium that's right in front of the five-star hotel, right. which is, makes it for a beautiful backdrop because yeah. it's really nice. But that's where you showed was right in that the stadium. The Grand Arena, yep. And it was um, – it's you come down a long ramp, which is a little nerving, unnerving when you have young horses. And uh, But it, the horses, they go right down it. Like you – I think as a human, I made more of a deal out of it. Um, but you go into this beautiful ring, and the Grand Hotel is right there, or the hotel, the Equestrian Hotel is right there. And um, it's the footing's phenomenal. Everything is phenomenal. That's I don't know how else to say it. Everything you do there is just like, and you can't find manure anywhere. No, on the ground. <laughs> no, it's true. I don't know how they. And I've never seen anybody picking it up. I don't know how it goes. I, away. I don't know. It's like there's some fairy that runs around that you can't see. I don't know. I was told they have like 500 employees to keep the operations running there. So it's it's a lot. I wouldn't doubt that. Yeah. yeah, there's employees everywhere. They were washing the windows on the barns, on the doors, the glass doors of the barns. There was a whole crew just washing the windows the other day. And I'm going, this is a remote barn. And they were washing the windows. That's It's just Amazing. incredible. Did you eat? Um, I did. Uh, the last night we were watching the Derby, and um, we had some pizza and oh. big salad. And yeah, the Italian place is good. The Italian place is good, and yeah. it's convenient, so yeah. it's right there. I did not get into the hotel to try all the things that I've heard about, like the pretzels and all that, but, you know, there's more time. I have time. <laughs> yes, that's right. You live here now. You I live here that. now. I can do that. <laughs> all right, very good. Well, you can find out more about what's going on at the World Equestrian Center. I, you know, there were several shows going on when we were there the other day. I saw some of the Hackney Ponies doing their rounds. The hackneys and the saddlebreds, and yeah, it brought a lot of memories. I rode saddlebreds as a kid, so that brought a lot of memories back for me. Well, Lisa yeah. too, right? I did too. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, they had the saddlebreds there with their shaky tails and the whole thing. Yeah. You realize why they're called shaky tails when you see the saddlebreds out in the <laughs> ring. Mm-hmm. You, but the hackney ponies, I said to Jennifer as we're sitting there watching them do the roadster class, mm-hmm. which the high action and the whole thing. I said to Jennifer, "That's what Scooter thinks he looks like." <laughs> <laughs> Yet he has none of that action at all. But he thinks he looks like that. WorldEquestrianCenter.com. You guys want to do a recipe every Monday? Now we're doing a holiday, holiday recipe of the week. This is can be for Thanksgiving. It can be for Christmas, whatever. We're going to do it now through Christmas time. Uh, we love doing recipes. And, and apparently a lot of people liked last week's. So we're going to give it a shot again today with one of our terrific auditors named Amy Robinson. She's joining us with a very unique recipe recipe.
Well, Amy, I'm so glad you're here because this is a really, really unique recipe. It is the... Um, it's a convent pudding from a 1938 cookbook by the Visiting Nurse Association of Milwaukee. How did you find this recipe? Well, I found it. There's a used bookstore in downtown Milwaukee, and it's just an absolute hidden gem. And I just happened to stumble on this cookbook, and I was like, well, I've, I've got to get it. It was from 1938, and there's even a an original recipe or sorry, um, there's even an original uh, receipt in the book, and it's just no so way. cool. So I, I had to get it. It's just <laughs> a really neat piece of history, and the recipes are just, they're fun to make, and some of the ingredients are a little tough to find these days, but it's it's really cool. Yeah, because, because in 1938, people cooked completely differently than they do now, and they ate differently. It definitely seems like that. I um you know, admittedly, I didn't really know how different it was until I started looking to this cookbook. <laughs> well, you, you have to remember, too, that 1938 was right after the Depression was yes. just coming out of the Depression. So when you look at the ingredients here, except for one, uh, they were stuff that you could get pretty easily. So, yeah, I can see that you alter this recipe a little, and it's a Depression recipe, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I'm looking at it, and and we'll share what the ingredients are in just a second. So everybody knows what we're talking about, but, but I'm looking at there, there's like very little that's like healthy in here. <laughs> it's 1938. We didn't know about that. Exactly. And if you, if you hear convent pudding, you would think it would be sweet. And um, so it was def it's definitely not, which is kind of a unique twist on it, I guess. Yeah. And so you've actually made this right. Yes. Um, so really, I found this during COVID and we'd have our friends over and we just pick a random recipe from this cookbook and like, well, let's give it a shot. They've even got um, the first, you know, in typical Wisconsin fashion, the first chapter is all cocktails. Um, so of course, we had to make some of those too, but um, the first page is an old fashioned and I would recommend that as well. But um, yeah, we had some friends over and we had some drinks and we're like, well, let's make convent pudding. And that's kind of... Um, that was kind of our first fun. adventure, but, and so, but we loved it so much, we ended up making it for um, holiday gatherings. Yeah, and this isn't really like pudding like we know pudding today. It, it, it doesn't look like it anyway. It doesn't look like, you know, you're going to go make chocolate pudding or something. This is quite different. <laughs> All right. Well, tell us what it yes. is. What do you yeah. do? Okay. So um, I guess to kind of start off, the ingredients are you're going to need a half a cup of dry macaroni, one cup of... They say fresh breadcrumbs. I just use breadcrumbs from the store. Um, one cup of milk, a quarter cup of butter, one tablespoon of chopped green pepper, one tablespoon of chopped pimento. Then you're going to cook the macaroni just like you normally would. And then you're going to add all the other ingredients to this after you, of course, drain the macaroni. Then you're going to bake it. Um, it does not tell you in the recipe how long to cook it for or what temperature, but we normally <laughs> cook it around 40 minutes at 350. Um, and then you serve it with a mushroom sauce, which is also really interesting, but it's delicious. So the mushroom sauce is a half a pound of fresh mushrooms. What you're going to do is you're going to have a cup of milk um, with a half a teaspoon of salt, you're going to put that half a pound of fresh mushrooms in a double boiler for about 25 minutes. You're going to thicken it with one and a half tablespoons of flour mixed with two tablespoons of soft butter and cook until it thickens. Um, I think you could serve it two ways. We normally, um, for holiday gatherings, we'll put them 
we will put the mushroom sauce on top of the pudding, if you will. Um, and that's how we'll serve it for large gatherings. But you can also just spoon the mushroom sauce on top of individual servings. Okay, so I've got two questions. One is the recipe uh, at the very beginning said milk, but it, it says sweet milk. So I'm not a cook. So is that is sweet milk different from like whole milk or regular milk? I'm honestly not sure myself. We've so. always done just regular milk. Okay. Um, I don't know if that would back then would that have been condensed milk? I don't know. I can't imagine. Oh, it, being it might sweet. be. No. Might what it might have think? been condensed I milk. I bet it was condensed milk. I think condensed milk. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's thicker. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 And, it kept and then, longer. and then, so what does this taste like? It's mushrooms. Very... Lots of mushrooms. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'll I'll say my husband he does not like mushrooms at all, but he loves convent pudding. Um, so that I don't like mushrooms at all. I'm with him. You thinking I might like this, huh? <laughs> I think so. Drew loves it. And, and honestly, we all kind of made it, I wouldn't say as a, as a joke, but we were all like, what is this? Now you were it's drinking old fashioned. So you sure that's the only reason <laughs> yeah. that you didn't like this? And, uh... Yeah. Is there well, a specific kind of mushroom? It, um, well, that's a question. We just, we just normally use, um, well, wait, I guess we've used a couple of different kinds. But it, it doesn't say, so I think you could use any kind of mushroom and dress it up however you want to. I think you could kind of make it your own if you want to add in, you know, a few other things and kind of build from this. But it's it's very rich. It's very dense. It is very, very, very filling. Um, this kind of has a British influence, that. really. Oh, I yeah. Mean, when you yeah. look at it, because their puddings tend to be not, you know, they have a lot of puddings that are savory. So this, I yeah. I did think British when I saw this, especially with the with the milk and all that. Yeah. So you serve this hot? Yes, you serve it hot. Um, and honestly, it makes for good leftovers. And I'm not really a leftover kind of girl, but um, it does make for pretty good leftovers. And saying that it has a, a British kind of flair to it, I was trying to figure out. So this book is really interesting and in that there are um, everyone submitted recipes for it. You'll even see recipes from Mrs. Paps and Mrs. Eusinger, which are some prominent families in the city of Milwaukee. But the um, the individual who submitted this recipe is Anne Mahotka. And I I tried so much to find where is the origin origin of that name because I was curious also. Not really sure. Hmm. Well that would be interesting to find out. It would be. Did would Mrs. Be, Caps yeah. have beer in her recipe? Please tell me there was beer in the recipe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I don't recall that it did. The Usinger one was very interesting. So that's a, a part they make um, sausage. They're still located in Milwaukee and the family still owns the business. But um, that was kind of, they gave their own barbecue sauce recipe before we had you know, bottled barbecue sauce, which was really interesting. But now, yeah. did ninety percent of the recipes you are in Wisconsin have cheese in them, or was the... <laughs> <laughs> you could put cheese on top of this? I guess if you wanted to. I, you know, uh, I think you maybe. Could. Yeah, just add to the calories at the dessert. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, and the cholesterol. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. So, is this, would you would you serve this like as a main meal, or is this more of a dessert? Um, I would serve it as a main meal, maybe with um, maybe with a salad or or a different vegetable. But um, it makes a very good, you know, kind of main entree, I would say. And the the family really loved it. We brought it to oh gosh, I guess it would have been Easter was the last one we brought it to. And there's a lot of questions because as you're looking at it, it's this very thick, tall dish, and there's this <laughs> kind of like brown mush. Does it kind of look like brown <laughs> yeah. mush? 
Uh, yes. Yeah, I thought but so. Everyone's like, gosh, what was that? But it was really good. <laughs> <laughs> I appeal not so good on this one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, this is interesting. You know, the whole story is interesting, actually. And, and you, yes. you sent us pictures. I'll put one of them in the show notes. You sent us pictures of the cookbook, and it looks like a cookbook from the 19, you know, from 1938. It really does. Yeah. So you mentioned the receipt, too. What, how, what did the original book sell for? Let me see if I've. That's an author asking more. that question. Yes, it is. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to say it's like two bucks or something. Yeah, um, so it was, the receipt is for C.J. Lauren's um, Staple and Fancy Groceries and Home Bakery on 2201 North Farwell Avenue in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Um, and it looks like they there are several items here listed, uh, um, and I can't really see what, you know, it's kind of hard to really read. And it might be that it wasn't, that the book wasn't, she just might have stuck it in the book. It might be to, the, the ingredients yeah. for this recipe. Um, but it looks like the total was uh, $3.26. And, and it was the fancy grocery store. It was the Whole Foods of its time. Yes. 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 <laughs> exactly. This is very wow. cool. Well, that's very it fun. Is. Well, Amy, thank you so much for joining us today with the recipe for convent pudding. We will put the recipe in the show notes. So if you just scroll left or right there on your podcast player, you'll find the recipe and give it a try. If you do give it a try and you're an auditor, we want to see pictures and comments in the auditor room about if yes. you liked it or not, right? Let Amy know if you oh, liked yeah. it. She's in the auditor <laughs> room as well. We do need, I have next week covered, Reese is going to stop by next week. Reese, years ago, she's the host of the Dressage Radio Show. She started recipes on this show probably 12 years ago. When we had first started, uh, Jamie and I said, oh, let's do some recipes. And Reese was known to have recipes. And she did that even before she hosted the dressage show. So she's coming back to give us a recipe, a holiday recipe. And I've eaten much of her food, and it's really good. So, Amy, <laughs> thank you for joining us. We appreciate it. And if you would like to give your recipe, drop me a note at glenn at horseradionetwork.com. And one of these Mondays before Christmas, we'll have you on. See you, Amy. Take care. Bye, Amy. Thank you guys so much. Enjoyed it. Have a good day. The PhD equine nutritionists at Purina Animal Nutrition tackle problems using science. Their love of horses keeps them at it until they get it right. Even with the most established feeds, they keep innovating. Even when it takes years of research, they don't stop until it's right. They are dedicated to the scientific method, but it can't capture the feeling of seeing a horse reach their full potential. It takes science and love to help your horses live their best life. Put the research to the test at horseinnovation.com. Heather, so you we got a lot of things to talk to you about, but let's talk about you. What made you want to get out of retirement from showing and get back into it? Um, actually, it's because of where the show was. Yeah. Um, I was super show um, at the World Equestrian Center because it's such an amazing place. And I've had these young Frisians coming along and it, that's, it's been a long road. One of them got injured right after I bought him. So he's been on the, so I was excited to actually get them to a show. And um, I don't know, everything, you know, sometimes when everything just starts falling into place, the right carriage came by, the right harness came by, like I wasn't forcing any of the solutions and yet everything was kind of falling together. So um, I decided it was Time to do it. And your Frisians, tell us tell us about them. Um, they're a young pair of Frisians I bought um, out of Sarasota um, about three years ago. And the day after I bought them, one of them got seriously injured, not structurally, but um, had a huge hawk injury. 
and laid him up for a year and a half. Oh, and um, I know all the ins and outs of of wrapping hawks. Now I can <laughs> I can wrap a hawk like nobody. Um, but so it was a long road getting them put back together. So it was exciting. And then um, I don't know. They're just you sit behind Frisians and uh, yeah, I feel like the queen driving for goodness sakes. <laughs> yeah. So what kind of show was it? What'd you do? So I uh, so the show was part of the Ocala International. Um, competition that was there with the Saddlebreds and the Morgans. It was just in a different ring. So they ran, what they did is they ran the Saddlebreds in the morning and in the evening, and then they had the carriage horses go in the afternoon to fill that, the main arena during the day. And um, so we were part of that, and I showed um, the pair horse division. So Was it a pretty class? What were you doing? It was a pretty class. Like yeah. <laughs> the, the pleasure driving, so combined driving is obviously it has you a know, the technical name. That's what I yeah. call it. Yeah, the grit. Yeah. Combined driving is kind of the grit and the go, you know, go yeah. for it and gutsy and all that. And um, pleasure driving is more like this is how we would go trot around New York City. This is how we would go. You know, it's the pretty. It's it's the pretty carriage and the pretty harness and you know, and you looked pretty. Pretty hats. You were all dressed yeah. up. Yeah. yeah, and um, they they have several different classes. They have a. Um, turnout class, which they actually, it's truly judging how correct you are in your turnout. And um, and then the working class judges more on the horses. And then they have the reinsmanship class, which is more on like an equitation class, judging on the, the driver. And then they run three cones courses. So that makes up the division um, of for the pair How'd of horses. How'd you do? Um, we did super well. We won the turnout class and Woo-hoo! with my, with my carriage that we brought out of retirement as well. And, um, uh, won the working class. Those, my Frisians stepped right up to the plate and did a great job. And with a little help from an air conditioned, um, warm up arena, they stayed <laughs> nice and fresh for me the whole time. And then, um, the cones courses were the second day. And I tell you with no lie that we were running we were running what we thought was on time to get to the ring. Now we trailer we trailered in, so we had thought we were well, okay. You have to park a ways away too when you trailer in. Yes, yeah. but it was a nice walk, and thankfully it's a nice long walk because it ended up being my warm up. Because as I'm coming <laughs> down to the ring, I hear my name being called, and you're in the ring, and so we like literally trotted down the ramp and into, into the, the ring, ring and oh, to goodness. the first set of cones. <laughs> and my young Parafrisians have never seen cones. Other than across the street at my neighbors. So, um, yeah, that was the first time we just, you know, went in. How many cones stayed up? Uh, We kept all the cones up. Um, I drove a little conservative, big, you know, big circles and that kind of thing. I wasn't going for tight and all that, but uh, I wanted to give them good experience in cones. And that's, that was my goal from, you know, it was, our goal was to smile, have fun, take lots of great pictures with that hotel behind us and, um, and give my horses a good experience. That was really the goal. Well, I saw some of the pictures, and it looked amazing. We were there for the Derby class, which was the next Saturday night. We were right. there for the Derby class and got to watch that, which was – Derby's always a lot of fun because they have cones, and then they have a couple of what are traditional cross-country or marathon obstacles, and you do a combination of those at speed, and it's, it's four speed, and so that's always fun to watch. And then Mary was there with her ponies, with the gangsters. I posted a video of that. They're mm-hmm. so darn cute. They are they cute. Are. They're they always smaller than I think they're, you know, because I think of Scooter, who's like uh, almost 13 hands, and these guys are tiny. They are yeah. tiny. They yeah. are tiny. But what's interesting is is she had, like, you even look at the whole package is so sized well, because, you know, everybody, the, the people on the carriage are also, were also 
you know, smaller people. And so right. you had like the whole package. <laughs> like if you took it out and you put a picture of it, you wouldn't really know that it was that tiny. Yeah, they're little, but they're cute <laughs> as heck. And I they did are. post that on my personal page if anybody wants to see that on Facebook. Uh, so let's talk about Frisians. We haven't talked about Frisians. First of all, I have a question for you. <laughs> Jamie and I might pick on Frisians a little bit. <laughs> Mostly it's every movie in the world including the movies with knights from the Middle Ages, are riding Frisians. Everybody's mm-hmm. riding Frisians. And mm-hmm. we found out from movie people why that is, okay? Uh, and it's basically because of continuity. It makes it easy. They're all black. They They're all look black. alike. They all look alike. You know? yeah. <laughs> That's why they do it. But does, do you get mad every time Jamie and I pick on the fact that they only use Frisians? <laughs> no, actually, um, I think it's brought Frisians kind of like how the Budweiser Clydesdales are to the draft. You know, everybody thinks that a draft horse is a Budweiser Clydesdale. And so the Frisians... Um, the movie work and all that that has given them a tremendous amount of popularity in the breed and exposure. So, so would you? Yeah. So, if somebody's looking at getting the Frisian because they're pretty and all of that, they're right? Pretty. They're pretty. They're very pretty. <laughs> if somebody's looking at getting one, give us the real story on. That, let's say they're coming from quarter horses, just to make it easy. Okay, and they're going to get a Frisian. What's different about the Frisians? What do they have to look for? Um. So the Frisians um, are absolutely, they are stunning. They're beautiful. And they have the most, most of them have the most wonderful temperament. They are golden Mm -hmm. retrievers all day long. They want to be in your pocket. They are absolutely the sweetest things. But with beauty comes a lot of maintenance. (laughs) (laughs) And um, they are not for, and it could be also because I have them living in Florida versus Mm. their their normal climate, um, which would not be anything like Florida. Um, so it's possible they, they do are prone to skin issues and things like that. So there's a lot of, they're very yeah, temperamental. True. Almost every horse down here. <laughs> yeah. Like and yeah. like, they have to have like, you don't want to change their hay a lot. And you know, you just have to, you have to be a good horse person to have these horses. They are not for the, for, you know, the real non-committed. Do they horse act person. more like draft horses? Cause they're drafty. Um, hmm. but, or do, are they more like ponies? Um, funny enough, when I got my Frisians, the first, and this goes with our Halloween theme, uh, I saw a picture of one on um, Facebook, and it was a picture of one with they had clipped in just spook at it. Um, oh. <laughs> and to be honest, they are they they snort and they huff and puff a little bit like a saddlebred. Um, yeah. but yet they are, they're, they have a good size to them. Mine are only about 15, two, 15, three. So they're not, oh, but they always horses. look bigger because of the hair, yeah. but they yeah. stand up and yeah. they stand up with like, you know, with their necks up. And so yeah. I kind of have my saddlebred roots and my draft horse roots blending together when I drive my freezers. So Heather, um, uh, a couple of years ago, well, uh, quite a few years ago now, I did a book on, um, country music stars and their horses. And I interviewed Janice Oliver from the Sweethearts of the Rodeo. And she had this amazing Frisian named Redondo. And, uh, she said she loved Frisians because out of all of the breeds, they bonded with a human more so than other breeds. Like they, they had one person that they really, bonded with it do you find that to be true i do um the frisians definitely they bond with the human being they um are just the kindest you know my ponies i loved them i adored them but they were like yeah mom i got enough of you thanks but the frisians are always they're always wanting to be in your pocket um they do bond very much with their owners um and 
they just, I don't, I, they're just a different, they're very different. They're, they're yeah. different than I, other horses. I, I just have. remember her saying that, like, if you, you have a dog and your dog kind of goes with you everywhere. And she said that the Frisian was more like that in that th- there was that one person that was his person. And, and it was hard for them if, if they were sold or they had a, a somebody else come in and take care of the, you know, day to day, it was hard for them to transfer that bond to a different person. Yeah, um, my my transfer from the previous owner involved a lot of cookie, cookies and oh. and uh, lots of kisses. They loved it could be kisses on their noses, and they're very social. They really do want to be with you a lot. It's it's they're very different than a lot of horses I've had in the past, and I've had a lot of different breeds with our carriage business and stuff. I've had a lot of different breeds, um, but the Frisians are they're pretty special that way. And yeah, I, I think I told you earlier is that hey, when you're sitting behind them, it's you feel like the queen driving these horses. They're they're just it's a lot of power in front of you, but yet they're just just super soft in the bridle. Um, and they're really just, I mean, you feel the power that, that they have, but it doesn't go anywhere in a bad way. You know what I mean? It's a, it's a yeah. positive thing. Um, yeah. So, yeah. And so what about all the feathers? I mean, how do you, I mean, in, in what's the your winter, product of choice is what she's asking. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so there's, um, I have a little trick on Frisian feathers. I cut them off. <laughs> Oh my! Oh no! <laughs> I do not show in breed Frisian shows. I show Frisians as carriage horses. So, um, yeah, for your commercial business. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. yeah, and so yeah. what we do, and also for a lot of the coaching, um, I know Gloria Austin. Um, she kept the feathers off of her Frisians too, um, and in Europe you'll see some of the Frisians they show there. They um, call them Belgian blacks, I think, um, and they cut the feathers. All right. Off so, what do you do too. with the mane? The mane and the mane and the tails get lots of conditioner and lots of combing there's and brushing. There's a lot of and that. There's a lot, a lot of that. Yeah, and <laughs> I was recently friends with L'Oreal, 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 or Clairol, or one of those hair coloring. Yeah, because we had a little sun bleach going on before the horse show. So. Oh. So oh, you yeah. really had to color there. So we were coloring the mane a little bit. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Went through one box of horse. Do for, they get any white at all? I don't. They they certainly don't encourage that. Like yeah. that's that would not be a breed that positive a good feature. Yeah. No, you, yeah, I think you they can them. have. Yeah, I think they can have a little star, like a tiny star. But I think they they try to limit it, limit that even. Yeah. Do you use them? So with your carriage business, and you do commercial carriage business, so you do weddings, funerals, um, you know, all t- different kinds of things. Do you? Where do you tend to use the Frisians, and where do you tend to use the draft horses? So I have not formally brought the Frisians in other than just doing one funeral. They had... Um, Funerals would be perfect, right? Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, obviously, mm-hmm. yeah. that would be... Um, but I think they could look stunning on the front of a Cinderella carriage, too. Um, yeah, that's true. You know, yeah. I think you have to... I think it's there's got to be a little education that's going on there. So I think once I get some videos um, up of them actually pulling some of our commercial carriages. I haven't used them in the past, mainly because we talked about the injury before, but we also had a problem of teaching Frisians that are, um, these are a little sporty Frisians, um, how to stand. And mm. so they've been doing a lot of standing lessons. Because your carriage horses, they stand a lot. Oh, You're just is... waiting all the time. Yeah. Right. It's, it's, yeah. it's like, hurry up, get there. the bride never shows up on time. <laughs> no. <laughs> right. And they, don't, they rarely come out of the church from a funeral on time either. So right. um, there's so much standing. And they just, ha- I mean, they just have to stand and stand and stand. And a lot of times, all we're there for is to be a photo prop. We're not there to actually provide transportation. So uh. to get a horse to stand for two hours and j- with minimal fussing. Is that's is, a lot. Is a lot to ask for any. That's horse. a lot to for ask. Any yeah. horse. Even draft horses. Even right? draft horses. Yeah. yeah. When you, in, with your drafts, do you prefer the Clydes? 
I love my Clydes and my Shires for the for the commercial work. Oh. They're um, some of my, especially that her the our Polish hers. Um, that carriage is very heavy, and um, so if you hit Florida sand, it'll sink. And I love the fact that they can pull it effortlessly. Um, but I also love the temperament because they just stand there. They're happy. They're actually quite happy, especially in Florida in the heat, to just stand there. And um, they're friendly, um, great with the public. So that's, you know, they have those traits to them. We talked to you you about five years ago, I think, five or six years ago, about how the funeral business, the carriage funeral business, was really taking off. It'd become a thing, right? Yes. Is that true still? Is it still a thing or is it? A bit. I think it's leveled off. I think that's true with almost all the business post-COVID um, for us is what we've seen is that it's it's gone back to a nice mixture. Before, I think we were, if you had all your eggs in one basket going into COVID, you were going to have a problem. Like if you were only doing weddings, you were going to have a tough time getting through COVID. Um, but we had both, we had both wedding carriages and we had just started kind of tinkering into the, to the funeral business. And um, it turned out that our business swayed completely towards doing um, you know, sadly, we did a lot of just more funerals than I ever expected mm. those couple of years. Um, and now I'm seeing just kind of a balance. We're getting back to, you know, the a more healthy weddings and funerals, but not one more than the other kind of balancing itself out again. And Robin Donahue, who's one of our auditors too, yes, you know, I know uh, does the same kind of business in Texas. Uh, she does a lot of bar- is it barats, right? Yes. And the do, Indian do you, weddings. Do you do the Indian weddings too? Yes. And they're probably, to be honest, it's probably my favorite thing to do. <laughs> well, they're, they're bizarre. <laughs> it looks like a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. They Once you have a good horse, and, and the good horse is the key here, because the horse is probably the most difficult part of this whole equation to find. Um, yes. It is like going to a party in your pajamas for, you know, for like you just. Yeah. Anybody that doesn't know, just YouTube Barat and see what you find. Yeah. (laughs) So much fun. So much fun. So you're still happy to be in the carriage business? I am. I'm, I'm really enjoying it. And, um, we have, you know, we're still doing a lot of work down south and I still have some, and we're creating some new work up here. So that's good. Oh, you know, the Florida Turnpike very well. I do. Yeah. 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 Which isn't always fun, by the way. No. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm so glad you're living in Ocala. Now, Jennifer and I talked about when the next week or two we're coming over to see the ponies because I I need some draft horse time. Yes. Come over and see all those draft horses. And like I said, my ponies are still there. My ponies that I competed with in 2015, up through 2015, are there. Um, And yeah, we'll have to go for a drive. We've we've created a little route around our, our neighborhood. So the neighbors are now used to you plodding around. They're getting there, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they're getting there. <laughs> she had a great place before uh, where where you were located down on the coast. It was a really great, it was a community that you could go out in, and it was a lot of fun going out there, too. But, yeah, so I'm looking forward to it. It'll great. be a lot of fun. Well, thanks for joining us today. Yeah. We really appreciate it. This is it. so much fun. I can't believe yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> so, and you've been listening for a long time. I have. Yeah. I have. I, and you know, it, I, as you know, I do tons of miles of driving. Obviously, we just talked about that for my job. And so you guys are on like my right-hand side all the time. Yay. Good. <laughs> Good. 
like to free your horse to fly? The super soft deep seat of the Wintech Pro Jump provides the perfect level of grip to support your balance without restricting your movement. Your horse will enjoy the super soft panels that hug their conformation on every stride, freeing them to soar over any jump course. Visit wintech-saddles.com to find your nearest retailer or try uh, and while you're there, try the Wintech Pro Jump today. Do you use Wintech, Lisa, there at the... At the oh, absolutely. Yeah, therapeutic riding. We don't riding. jump. Yeah. Yeah, we don't jump, but I love the Wintechs because they fit almost every horse we have, and they last just forever, and they're balanced. So what, what more can you ask for? You think you have a mold. variety of horses, Heather. She has a really variety of horses <laughs> over there. <laughs> we have one who's, who's one-eighth Shire. Oh, there you <laughs> go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you have all shapes and sizes, which is why most therapeutic riding centers use Wintex. Plus, yes. plus the the students can beat on them, they can throw them down, they can jump on them, it doesn't matter. Well, and and in our humid Tennessee summers, they don't mold. Mm. You know, we have so much trouble with some of the other saddles, even though we leave lights on and dehumidifiers and the whole thing, that mold is a huge you, issue. You have to have us. you have to have your leather stuff in Florida inside in the summer. You can't Absolutely. leave it out. Oh, it's moldy in a day. Yeah. 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 You just have to. Like your harness, your leather harness must stay inside an air conditioner. Air conditioned tack room. Yeah. The new barn, yeah. I'm fortunate that there's a, a, a second tack room that's air conditioned. So I'm keeping all my harness in there because I did. I even had some lines that we were using on a daily basis, some rains, and they went molded mm-hmm. right away. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Yeah. But Tennessee's the same way. Yeah, yeah, so so give out give your Wintech a try. Jennifer actually is over to barn right now, probably riding in her Wintech. I don't think she has the pro jump, she has the all purpose. All right, mm-hmm. let's uh do we have some first world problems? We, we do. Either? All right. Oh, absolutely. It's time for the weekly look at your equestrian first world problems. This ought to be good. Now, these are first world problems that are provided by our auditors every Monday morning. And uh, I hope that they're less real problems and more first world problems, because last week we had a lot of real problems. So Yes, we yeah. did. We did. But I, I'm very intrigued about some of these these problems. Maybe we can help solve them. Oh, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. Yeah. We'll yeah. So, so Kathleen writes, I bought a 40-pound bag of carrots for my one horse that doesn't eat apples. And I bought a three-pound bag of apples for the four that do eat them. Now, how to divide them fairly? This is the kind of math problem that should be on tests. <laughs> That's the kind you get on your SAT. You know? Yes, <laughs> exactly. Yes. How many apples do they each get? Oh, you know, have to know the weights, too. I, it's I know. B. I, yeah. The answer is B. B. Yeah, exactly. It's always B. It's always B. Because you know but you got a all... 30% chance of getting it right. Exactly. Exactly. It's all of the above. That's my, my default answer. All of the above. <laughs> So, so Nicole says, I took a week off work for a lovely staycation, but now I'm behind on my HRN podcast because I listen at work. Oh, we, we got to change that system. That obviously isn't working. No, that's a huge problem. Either you can't I mean, take off anymore, or you have to start listening to us other times. There's just no yes. choice. Yeah, yeah. Yes, when I get exactly. behind, I can never decide. Am I going to start like with today and go back? Oh. Or am I going to start with back and go forward? I, I never seen, know how to do what I, I want to do. What do you end up doing? I don't think I ever do it the same each time. It's I, I usually try to go back. I just I like to have it in order. I'm well, a very order person. It's interesting because I listen to a daily tech show, and that doesn't 
Ours, you kind of almost have to listen in order because Jamie's stories kind of go in order, right? Yeah. Uh, Yeah, More Jamie's stories than anything. Um, But I can see why you'd want to listen to ours in order. That tech show, I'm kind of the same way, and theirs are very insulated, right? Each episode is its own thing, talking about tech stories of that day, but I still like to listen in order. Isn't that weird? I do. Isn't that weird? Sometimes I'll listen to, like, if it's a Friday, I'll listen to Fridays, and then you start referring to stuff, and I'm like, oh... (laughs) got to go back. <laughs> Why did I ruin it for myself? I have to go back. <laughs> and I do think that's more Jamie's stories than anything, probably. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I love this one from Matt. He said, Beth and I are redoing the bathroom of our late 1800s farmhouse, but we only have one bathroom. Beth refused to use the outhouse even <laughs> after I installed a modern toilet seat. <laughs> We had an outhouse so, at the first farm when I met Jennifer. They lived on a 100-acre farm, and it had a working outhouse. Now, they had a bathroom in the house, but there was a working outhouse, and it was the two-seater. And I always want – it had actually two holes, two toilet two seats, seats, two things for toilet paper. And I always wondered if people actually did go out there together. I don't know. I don't know. My So when I grew up in Minnesota, we had this big old house next door that nobody lived in. And it was really the first house in the whole area. It was built in 1863. And it had a three-seater outhouse. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I can understand That's husband and wives weird. going out together, but husband and wives and their kid? I don't know. I know. <laughs> the neighbor? <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. I'm like, oh. I don't even cow. know what to say about that. <laughs> So, so today is Halloween, so we have to have a few, uh, a few Halloween problems. And April says that I actually had a cute carved pumpkin this year, but when I went out to the barn, I left it on a fence post for just a few minutes, and Josie, who is her draft horse, knocked it off and ate it. There's nothing left. <laughs> they do like pumpkins. They do. Yeah. Oh, they do. It's good yes. for their tummies, I think, too. I think Dr. Wendy has said that in the past, that pumpkins are good for them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they are. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I don't know so. a whole pumpkin is good for them. But. <laughs> right? <laughs> so, so Misty says, I got entered for a Halloween costume contest at a bar, but I wasn't even dressed up. Western wear problems. I kept telling the people I rode two of my horses this morning, and this is my normal. (laughs) She had the smell right there with her, too. So it was the whole thing, the whole package. Right there. Yeah, I know. It's like... Most authentic. (laughs) Yes, that's right. It's very, very authentic. Yes. Yes. So, um, so, um, so Amy writes that her sister is due on, in May... And Amy is refu- Amy is referring to her due date as Derby Day, and her sister's getting mad at her because she's <laughs> <laughs> referring to the, the birth as Derby Day. <laughs> you watch it be on Derby Day. I know, right? <laughs> it will it will be. It will be for sure. You know, and then um um So Kayla says, I have a precious little mini who is so cute and so much easier to care for than the big horses, but his teeny tiny poops are so small that they slip through the tines of her muck fork and make his stall hard to clean. I do never have that problem. (laughs) No, you don't. No, 
No, I would never have that problem, you know. But I mean, how how big are draft horse poops? I mean, oh, huge, huge. Yeah, yeah. you can't fit them on one fork. Well, they pole. if they eat fifty pounds of hay, like minimum a day. Think of, I mean, that's got to yeah. So they're basically eating a bale a day, a, a bale a day. Bales. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah no, I absolutely. I remember when we had our percherons that I couldn't fit it all in one forkful. You couldn't fit oh, no. one pile in a fork. You mm-hmm. needed two scoops. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. And oh, try wow. it and yeah. And for all of you eating cereal right now, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I love this one from Robin. This is Lisa's she fault. Said, she asked the question. <laughs> it's my fault. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, blame me. Blame me. <laughs> so Robin posts every time I type hit on my phone, it autocorrects it to hashtag HITM happy day. <laughs> <laughs> Mine does too. If I type H I, it goes hit them because I type that so often. H I T M. Isn't that funny? Yeah, it it's, a, it's a little scary though that you know your phone can really, de- you know, figure all of that stuff out. Well, we can mention something random right now, and it'll pop up on everybody's phone. Ads for that in five minutes. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. You watch it. It'll happen every time. Like if we mention stand-up desk. Okay, you can all thank me. You're going to get yes. stand-up desk ads right now for the next uh, two days. I love mine, by the way. <laughs> Jennifer just got one. That's brand new. Uh-huh. This is a stand-up desk, too. Uh, I yeah. love mine. I got. I found mine. Um, so there's lots of teachers going back to school, and I found a very lightly used one from a teacher, and I. it's just the best thing ever. I normally stand up when I do the show. I'm sitting right now, but when I do, then I couldn't see you because right. the monitor's in the way. So like, I had to figure that problem out. <laughs> all right. Sorry, Lisa. That's okay. Okay. Anna's, and thank you all. Um, you can all thank me for your ads coming up for stand-up desks there you go. from Amazon here shortly. <laughs> so Anna, who lives in Minnesota, says, it's going to be beautiful here in Minnesota this week. 60 to 70 all week. But my horses are super fuzzy and I've already packed away my summer clothes. <laughs> <laughs> I can so, relate. I can relate. Oh, I have a bunch of hairy draft horses that have already been clipped once and they're needing to be reclipped yet again. They grew their hair oh, in no. Florida this year early for some reason. And all the horses seem to. And it's still hot here. Oh, it's been hot here. And, you know, we had, um, we had, uh, like freezing, like last week, it was like 26. And now you're back to 80. (laughs) Now we're back to 80. It's, I just don't, don't get it. So it's just crazy, crazy weather. Yeah. So. Was that the last one? That's, that's, uh, we have one more. Okay. One more. Um, so, um, Terry writes that it's a real problem, but it's still a first world equestrian problem that she has to learn to use a nebulizer on her horses. <laughs> so I, I don't know if there's breathing problems or asthma or uh, or why, but that could be a little uh, difficult you, you thing get to, to stand to for that. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I know. Yeah. It's going to be yeah. interesting. Like what size is that nebulizer, too, by the way? It's going to be like a bucket. I know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen a horse nebulizer. I have seen one. It's but yeah, it's pretty much the size of a bucket. But doesn't it take a while to do the nebulizer thing? Oh yeah, they have to breathe for a while, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, I have asthma, and so I use one, and it's like a five, six, seven minute treatment. And so I can't see Scooter standing there for that. (laughs) Yeah, and then it's it's going to smell funny to the horse. Yeah. And they can't eat while they're doing it, so no, you can't bribe them. 
No, and they can't move their feet. And um, who was that yeah. that did this? What, what's the first name? Uh, this was Terry. Terry, post a picture of Ter- it with them all hooked up. I want to see the picture yeah. in the auditor. Room. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Do that. Yeah. <laughs> so, Heather, where can people find you? Uh, they can find me at www.windchase.farm. Wind. I saw you had a dot farm. I didn't even know that was an extension. I know, but I will tell you, I because there's somebody else that's kind of famous that has wind chase, you know, the other way. And oh. um, so I, when it came up, I was like, but everybody asked me about it. They're like, dot farm or dot farm.com. And I'm like, no, it's dot farm. And I it was new. No, that they I had love that. that. I know. I didn't either. That is cool. Yeah. I'm still getting used to the dot horse because I have a few people that have that now. Yes. Oh, okay. I didn't know that was one. Yeah, we have, yeah. we own podcast.horse. Okay. Um, so, yeah, but I didn't know about Dot Farm. Dot Farm. Huh. Who knew? Learn something new every day. It's, <laughs> so it's windchase.farm if they want to hire you to do a carriage thing in Florida. Absolutely. All right. Sounds good. And, uh, of course, Lisa, where can they find you and your books? Oh, uh, com or on Amazon.com. Just type in my name and everything should pop up. Very good. I have nothing to sell, so you can just find me at horseradionetwork.com. <laughs> and auditors, hang on, because we're going we're gonna to continue this conversation after in the post-show. 